I have a lot of scripture for you this, this morning, and some of it, some of it I'm going to read. If you're following us on version, uh, I'll try to read all of it. I may skip over some, and so your life group leaders will, will, will unpack it this next week. And so I want to talk to you in this, this series called uh, Building Without, Without Blueprints, and I, I want to talk to you about distractions. I, w- I want to talk to you, how do, how do you handle distractions in life? How, how do you handle criticism? How do you handle opposition? How do you handle, how, how do you handle in life when you're doing something for God and, and people are talking about you, they're criticizing you, they're slandering you, uh, they attack you and all of those other things? Because listen, let me tell you something. If you're going to live the Christian life, uh, that you are going to have, you are going to have opposition because it, the Christian life goes against the grain uh, of the culture. And so today, this morning, what I want to talk to you about is this issue of, of distractions. And listen, Nehemiah is a textbook of how to handle opposition, how to handle biblically distractions in your life. And, and when they come, if, if, you were, if you were with us as we, we started this series the second week, we, we looked at our, our, our vision, which is to see people encouraged, forgiven, set free, empowered, and serving in the way that God has designed them. And so we, we've actually taken our, our budget and we, we've organized our budget to align with that vision statement. In fact, is the, the budget is, is on our website. It's, it's on our homepage. You can view it there. Uh, that's been approved. And, and in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk more about this. But, but Nehemiah is like this textbook of how to handle opposition. And so, so I want to give you four things. I want to give you four things of how to handle opposition in, in your life. And, and the first one is this, is don't focus on opposition. Don't focus on opposition. A lot of times when opposition comes into our life, we have a tendency to, to focus on it, right? We have a tendency to focus on it, the criticisms, the words, the slander, the rumors, all of those other things. And, 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 and so it's, we have a tendency, and when we focus on it, it's going to discourage us. And so, in other words, when, when opposition comes, you must not get distracted to what God has called you to do. And so many times, opposition comes as far as uh, verbal a- assaults or, or intimidation or, or rumors. And so when they come, you cannot get distracted about it. About it. And we're in Nehemiah chapter 4. We're also going to look at Nehemiah chapter 6. But the opposition didn't start in Nehemiah chapter 4. Fact is, it started all the way back in Nehemiah chapter 2. Fact is, Nehemiah had to do, deal with this his, his whole life. Uh, verse 10, look at this. In Nehemiah chapter 2, it says... But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant heard this, it displeased them greatly. So they're upset. So what'd they hear? That someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. Who would get displeased over that? Who would get displeased over trying to help somebody? That's what they're upset about. Verse 19, if you jump down in Nehemiah chapter 2, but when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant servant, and Geshem the the Arab uh, heard of it, they jeered at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Now listen, this is is an amazing thing that that this would be the accusation. Remember, if you've been journeying with us through the book of Nehemiah, you know this. Nehemiah has a letter from the king. Right? Remember, remember back when Nehemiah went to the king and got approval? He had a letter from the king. He got passports from the king, got approval to do this. And all of a sudden, they're, come, and they're accusing him of rebelling against the king. Listen, their, their accusations are unfounded. Sometimes, isn't that the most, for, the most frustrating form of opposition that comes? When someone wrongly accuses you of something, when someone attacks you and accuses you of something that you know is not right, that you know is unfounded, that you know is out in left field, but yet they're going to believe it anyway, 
way, and guess what? Everybody that they tell is going to believe it anyway. Isn't that amazing? Nehemiah has a letter from the king. Can I tell you this? You have a letter from the king. You have a letter from the king. See, Nehemiah, the reason that he was able to, to journey through this is he, he had a letter from the king. He knew it. He read it. He knew what it said. He knew the authority that he had. And you have a letter from the king. And that is why it's so important for us to, to know the letter from the king, to read his word, to life journal, to study his word, to know what it says, to know the authority that we have. Listen, I'm telling you, when, when opposition comes, you cannot get focused on the opposition. You cannot allow the opposition to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Listen, these guys only cared about themselves. We already know they didn't care about the people they were helping. And so you have to ask yourself the same thing that Nehemiah did. When opposition comes, you have to ask yourself, who are these people that are opposing me? What do they want? What are their motives? What, who are they? I mean, who are they? See, Nehemiah Day, these four guys that we're going to read about, they were, they were the four most powerful kings in their area. They were the king from the, the north, the south, the east, and the west. And so if the wall was erected, if the wall was put up and Jerusalem was re rebuilt, it would cost them a lot. It would cost them a lot of influence. See, now all of a sudden we, we know who they are. We understand their motives. Their motives is all about themselves. See, Nehemiah is surrounded. When, when, when you're surrounded, because critics, they always travel in packs just like here. And so when, when you're surrounded, when you're gossiped about, when you're slandered, when you're lied about, when you're talked about, don't be surprised. Let me just tell you this. There is, there is, there is, just so we're tracking, there is opposition for doing the right thing. There is. But there is great reward for doing the right thing. Students, I, I hope you hear that. In the culture in which we live, in the, in the generation in which you are, there is great opposition for doing the right thing. But I need to tell you, there is great reward for doing the right thing. And you may not know it until 10 years from now or even 15 years from now. But there is great reward for doing the right thing. So do not be surprised when opposition comes. Do not focus on it. The second thing is this, do not give in to fear. Do not see this is what was happening with these four guys. They were trying to intimidate them. They were trying to give them, give them fear. Watch this in Nehemiah chapter 4. Now we're up to chapter 4. It says, when Samballad heard that we were building the wall, he was angry. And he was greatly enraged. And he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish it up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? You hear the accusations? Uh, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. So listen, they always travel in packs. And he said, yes, what are they building? If a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. And then Nehemiah's response, verse 4, Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover up their guilt. And, not, and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So, this is so important. So, we built the wall. So, we continued on. So, we didn't focus on opposition. 
We didn't live our life by, so we continue to build. Listen, there is opposition for doing the right thing, but there is a great reward for doing the right thing. So we built the wall, and the wall was, was joined together at half its height, for the people had a mind to work. In other words, all of a sudden, he's surrounded by taunts and, and, and accusations, but he doesn't give in to it, and he continues to build. And listen, now we know that they're about at 50% of the project. Isn't that the part of the project you want to give up? You ever remodeled a house? Have you ever, have you ever built something? You ever done a project around the house? I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands of, of how many half-finished products do you, uh, or, or projects do you have in your home. <laughs> Isn't that really when we get discouraged, when we get halfway done? And we see how far we, we got to go instead of how far we've come. This is what's happening here. Uh, verse 7, we'll continue on. But when Samballat and Tobiah the, and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the repairing of the wall of Jerusalem was going forward, in other words, they're not stopping, and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, now they're very angry. And they, they all, remember they travel in packs. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And so again, Nehemiah prayed, and so he prayed to God and to set a guard as a protection against them day and night. And in Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is falling. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come, till we come among them and kill them and stop the, words, stop the work. In other words, you know what they're saying? We're going to attack you when you least expect it. We're, 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 we're going to get you when you least expect it. Verse 12, and at that time, at that time, the, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and, and said to us ten times, you must return to us. So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall in the open places, I stationed the people by their clans and their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Listen, do not be, what he says, do not be afraid and fight. And listen, I'm telling you, when, when, when you are following God, and you are doing what he has called you to do, you've got to remember, I am fighting for my family. I, I am fighting for the kingdom of God. I mean, they, they, just kept, they just kept building. And, and so you are fighting for your commitment to the kingdom of God. And Scripture tells us there is a blessing on a family when, the, when they follow God. And so all of a sudden, they, they have this tendency, and you can ha kind of hear the discouragement, and you can hear some of the fear when, when, the, when the Jews are talking. But they're, they're trying not to give into, into fear. And so, you know what? Psychologists will tell you this. Psychologists will, say, will tell you that when thoughts come into your brain that you're going to process them out one or two ways, fear or faith. Then when thoughts come into your brain, you're going to process them out two ways. You're either going to process them out from a, from a position of fear or from a position of faith. And just think about that for a moment. When you think about your marriage, thoughts of fear, thoughts of faith. When you think about a job situation, thoughts of fear, thoughts of faith. When you think about your finances, thoughts of fear or thoughts of faith. When you think about 
the economy, when you think about the government, when you think about world issues, thoughts of fear, or thoughts of faith. Don't give in to fear. Now, we're going to understand how deadly it is, too, in just a second. But you, you know what Nehemiah did? For him, how he process, processed out his fear was prayer. That's why you see when, when fear came on him and fear came on the Jews, he went directly into prayer. Verse 23 of Ephesians, Nehemiah chapter 4. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. In other words, they're, they're building the wall with a weapon in their hand. The arrows that they carried in their day, they could be deadly up to 400 yards. In other words, they're, they're doing God's will, but they're also protecting themselves. They weren't in denial of the threats. They weren't in denial what could happen. And so they built the wall. They built a wall with a tool in one hand and an arrow in the other hand. In, uh, in other words, they were protecting themselves. And so, so here's some of the danger that when, when fear comes on, you can suffer from discouragement. Look at this. Here, here's how discouragement came for Nehemiah, verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 4, it says, In Judah it was said, The strength of those who bear the burdens is, fall, is, fa is, fa is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. You know what's happening? They're getting discouraged. They're halfway done, and they're getting discouraged. And the reason why many people give up so quickly on God's plan for their life, they'll give up so quickly in a culture when, when opposition comes for living the Christian life is because many times they look at how far they have to go and rather than how far they've come. And let me tell you something. The danger about di di discouragement is this. Discouragement distorts reality. Discouragement in your life and discouragement in my life will, will distort, distort reality. It will distort the facts. In other words, discouragement throws everything out of perspective. And if you're not careful, listen, you know what discouragement will do? Discouragement will cause you to exaggerate the problem. Discouragement will bring you to the point to where you think the problem is much bigger than it is. You know what's so funny? Is they said, one of the things they said in their discouragement, there is too much rubble. You know what the truth is? There's not as much rubble as when they started. They're halfway done. They put most of the rubble back in place. That's what they used to rebuild the wall. And the truth is this, there is not as much rubble as when they started. Because the project is halfway done. Listen, the truth is this, is when you get discouraged and you get overwhelmed, that you've got to understand the danger of discouragement. Dis discouragement can cause you to lose your vision for what you're doing. And the truth is, listen, the truth is, all of us at some point in our life will, will, will deal with discouragement. Isn't and that phrase when Nehemiah said, and so, so, we, we built. So, we, we built the wall. Listen, let me tell you something. You are not blessed by hearing the word of God. You're blessed by doing it. Jesus said that. James said that. You could see this principle all the way through Scripture. You are, not, you are not blessed by just hearing the Word. You are blessed, what James says, what Jesus says, you are blessed by hearing the Word and doing it. Listen, in your life, if you focus on the rubble, I don't know what your rubble is right now in your life, but if you are focusing on the rubble of your life, you will give up and you will get discouraged every time. If you focus on the rubble, you... You'll quit. See, that's, that was what was Nehemiah's problem. Nehemiah wasn't going to allow the people to focus on, on the rubble. He wasn't going to allow them to distort the facts. Listen, 
if you just sit around and look at the rubble and do absolutely nothing, it'll lead to stress. It'll lead to exhaustion. You know what Nehemiah did? Nehemiah said, you face the rubble. And you face the rubble with faith. And you do something. You are not blessed by just hearing the word. You are blessed by doing it. And so Nehemiah says, you know what? We're going to face the rubble. We're not going to be in denial. We're not going to deny the facts. But we're not going to let it discourage us either. And so you're going to face the rubble. And you're going to continue to follow God. In other words, each one of us must work through the rubble in our life. And see, Nehemiah understood the, the, the danger of discouragement. And when, when opposition come, Nehemiah stayed, stayed focused, but it was prayer that allowed him to stay focused. Look at this. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 9. For they, they all wanted to frighten us. In other words, the enemies, you know what the enemy want to do? Give them fear. Thinking, their hands will drop from the work. It will not be done. But now, O oh God, here's prayer. Strengthen my hands. Now when I went into the house of Shemaiah to the son of Deliah, son of Metabel, who is confined to his home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. But I said, should such a man as I run away, and what man such as I could go into the temple and live, I will not go in. So stop right here before we read verse 12. This is very important. Nehemiah did not hear from God until he responded by faith. You will not hear from God till you respond by faith. Nehemiah responded by faith, took a step of faith, and he heard from God, verse 12, and I understood and saw that God had not sent him, but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah, Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act in a way, in this way, in sin, so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. See, Nehemiah prayed and stayed focused. Nehemiah understood that building the wall was God's plan because he had a letter from the king and he knew what the letter said. And so Nehemiah understood to oppose me as to really opposing God. In other words, they're really not opposing me because I, I'm doing what God's called me to. Ultimately, they're, they're opposing God. And, and, and he understood. Took a step of faith and he understood. He understood that they're trying to give me fear. They're trying to make me afraid they're trying listen they're trying to make me make a fear-based decision can I, can I just tell you this fear in your life opens the door to sin a fear-based decision opens the door to sin in your life and the enemy knows satan knows that if he can get you to 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 be afraid then he can get you to, to sin and if if you respond if you respond in any area of your life and from fear based if you respond in fear it opens the door to sin in your life fact is all through this book you see that Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem they're trying to give Nehemiah fear when opposition comes just like Nehemiah we have to come to the place and pray verse 5 Nehemiah 4, do not cover up their guilt and let their sin be blotted out from your sight for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. And so look, look, at, this, look at this, the people that are, are staying focused. Verse 6, so we built the wall and the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work. And so, so they're building the wall and they're continuing regardless of the opposition, regardless of what, because they have a letter from the king and they know what the letter says. The third thing is this. If, if you're not going to give in to distractions, do not give in to rumors. 
Do not give in to rumors. It's amazing to me how many times believers base their decisions about somebody else, whether they're good or bad, evil or whatever, based upon what somebody else said, based upon lies, based upon rumors. And so, so here, here's, here's what Nehemiah 6, chapter, chapter 6, verse 1 through 8 says. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Gisham, the Arab, and the rest of the enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although... Up to that time, I had not set the doors in the gates. Samballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together at Hakapurim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And so I sent messengers to them, saying, I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? In other words, he wasn't going to get distracted by the opposition. And they sent to me. Four times in this way. And I answered them in the same manner, in the same way Samballot for the fifth time sent a servant to me with an open letter in his hand. An open letter in his hand was just a way of letting everybody read it as it gets to him. It's just rumors. In it it was written, it was reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intended to rebel. That is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a a king in Judah, and now the king will will hear of these reports. So now come and let us take counsel together. Then I sent to him saying, I, I love this statement. No such thing as you say have been done. For you are inventing them in your own mind. In other words, you're just making this stuff up. I don't even know where you're getting this from. Listen, I'm telling you, do not give in to rumors. Let me, let me give you another word for rumors. A lie. Don't think rumors are harmless in the body of Christ. I've watched, I'm telling you, I've watched people walk away from church. I've watched people walk away from churches based on a rumor, based on a lie. I've watched people say, I'll never go back to a church ever again. Based on a, based on a rumor. Based on a, on a lie. Sam Ballot, Tobiah, Geshem, they didn't care about the people. They didn't care about the fallout. They cared about themselves. They cared about their motives. Don't ever think these things are harmless in the, in the body of Christ. The fourth and the last thing, if you're not going to give in to opposition, you just got to get a plan and get moving. You got to get a plan and, and, and get moving. We, we started this series out and we were saying that for 70 years they tried to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem and they were unable to because they didn't have a plan. And that you cannot build your life with, without blueprints. And so you have to come to the place, and the place to get that plan is, is out of his word. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 15, it says, When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held spears, uh, shields, bows, and, and coats of mail. And the leader stood behind the, the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. These who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work of on the work with one hand and held the weapon in the other. In other words, they, they shared the load. 
In other words, they work together. See, this, this is the greatest picture of the Christian life. Is that when you share the load, you have people that can help you in your discouragement. You can have people that help you in, 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 in your fear. It is the greatest picture of the Christian life that we're building God's, we're building God's kingdom together. And at the same time, we're, we're tearing down the kingdom of, of darkness. And think about it just for a second. What if, what if they just quit? What if, what if they just quit? And they said, you know what? We're, gonna, we're just going to focus only on the fight. We're going to focus only on the opposition. Here's an interesting thing. Gashem, Sanballat, Tobiah never attacked. Never attacked. They're just threats. A lot of times our fear is based upon stuff that's never going to happen. Have you ever realized that? A lot of times we build our life around fear of the future, and a lot of times that stuff's not even going to happen. They, they, they were never, they were never attacked. What, what if the fear of what could happen kept them from, from building? I'm telling you, as you build God's kingdom, you've you got to understand, just, just like we read, that, that, God, that God will take care of your enemies. You, you stay focused on his plan. You don't, you don't give in to those rumors. You don't give even attention to those rumors. Nehemiah didn't. You get a plan and you stick with it. Watch this, uh, verse 15 out of Nehemiah 6. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Ul, in 52 days. And when all of the enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell and felt greatly in, in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Let's tell you, there, there's victory in God's plan for you. There is victory in God's plan for you. And the reason that there's victory is because that is God's plan for you. And God was the one that took care. And so the, the whole area, everybody around understood that, you know what? They could not have done this on their own. They, couldn't, they had to have the help of God. Do you realize that Fellowship of the Rockies, that's one of our goals? That is one of our goals, that our community, people around us, people that look in from Pueblo, look into this faith community, that they would say, you know what? They could not have done that on their own. I mean, it, it had to come from him. It had to come from him. But it came for them because they didn't focus on opposition. They didn't, they didn't give in to fear. They didn't give in to rumors. And they got a plan, and they got moving. So let me ask you, what, what is the rubble in your life? What is the thing in your life that you're processing through fear right now? What, what is the thing in your life that gives you the most stress, that gives you most fear? Would you attack that in faith? And would you follow him in such a way that you would walk through the rubble in your life and that victory would be a part of his plan for your life.